thankful for the way these stories hold on to the lifetime we won't get back. I know these rivers carry. Welcome to Kankakee Podcast, where we talk about the people and places of Kankakee County. I'm Shake Lamore, and our guest today is someone I'm really excited to talk with, and I think it's someone that you want to get to know because you probably have a billion questions on your mind when it comes to this topic, especially when it comes to our area. I am pleased to welcome Angela Mori, the Director of Marketing and Business Attraction at the Economic Alliance of Kankakee County. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course. You and I, we've like known each other for a while, but also we've only seen each other a few times. It's one of those relationships where it's like, oh yeah, this person exists yeah. and I know that they do this. And then you see each other out and about and you're like, hey, you're that that one person. Remember? That, remember, <laughs> we used to email back and forth, that kind of thing. And I, and I think the first time I met you was when you, for a short while, you were the executive director of the Kankakee County Chamber of Commerce. I think that's when you and I first, or that's when I first met you anyway, yes. via email. I've so. known you for a long time from the radio. Okay. So. <laughs> see, see I, that, it starts for me there. And and some I, I get that once in a while. And it's like, I sometimes I forget. I'm like, oh, right. It's funny how that, that works out. But regardless, we bumped into each other a couple of weeks ago and we just started talking about our jobs and our situations. Right. I'm just like, man, this is all so relatable. And I just really enjoyed our conversation. And I was like, you know what? Angela needs to be on the podcast. So we, <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Yeah. So first, before we get into like the the bulk of the Economic Alliance and what it's all about and what you do, are you originally from the area or where do you where does your family come from? I am from the area. I grew up born and raised in Bourbonnais, and I have a pretty large family. Um, so most of us are still very local. So I went to Bourbonnais schools, went to BBCHS high school, which is now called BB. You know, nobody calls it <laughs> no, BBCHS yeah, And you would anymore. know because you've got kids there now, right? right? Yeah, right. So. Yeah, moved away when I, I went to Northern Illinois University in DeKalb and then uh, kind of made a few different moves from there, Northern Wisconsin, Northern Illinois. And then um, my kids and I moved back about three years ago. So now we're back in the community. They're going to the, you know, to the schools here. So that's really neat. At coming back as an adult, you see things through a different light, yeah. especially when you have the opportunity to move away and then come back. So three years ago, then that must have been just getting that job at the chamber then. That must pretty must quick have been, after yeah. I moved to, when we moved back. So what brought um, you to come back? Just some changes in our family. And, mm -hmm. and we were living up in northern Illinois and 
cost of living is three times what it is here. It's significantly more expensive. Like I said, I have so many family members in this area and kind of feeling like it was very important for my kids. I mean, we're very close with our family anyway, but when you live in town with them and and have the opportunity to see them daily or a couple times a, a week, that's really what we wanted. So And not have to drive two or three hours or whatever right. it is, depending on where you're at at the time, to get back home to see the grandparents. And Yeah, and living close by kind of gives you that opportunity to just form those relationships tighter than visiting once, you know, once or twice a month. Yeah. So when you moved and so, so pretty much what, since you started college? Yeah. You were, yeah, you were gone. I've been gone. So gone for 20 plus years, came back. And it's one of those things like, oh, I'm never going back. You know, I'm never living <laughs> back there. And And I loved living here when I grew up, but I think there's some mentality that it's like, okay, I'm on to bigger things. I'm on to better things. And I lived in very small towns when I lived up in northern Wisconsin. So it's not just about that. But one of the really neat things I think about living elsewhere is that you see how things operate. When I lived way up north, we didn't have any chain restaurants. And that's all we wanted. We, you know, just give me a, an Applebee's or Fridays to go out for dinner. And we didn't have that up there. It was all supper clubs. And now you move back and you're like, oh, I've got Applebee's and Fridays. And I'd love to have a supper club to go to a good Friday <laughs> fish fry. Isn't it funny you know? how those things work out? When you have them, you don't utilize them. When you don't have them, you want them. Right. You know, I think, too, as, as we get older in life, you appreciate things differently. So now moving back as an adult with my own kids and, and the stages of life that they're in, it's like, oh, yeah, I can I can truly appreciate just how cool it is to live here, whether they see it or not on a daily basis like I do. It's different because they're growing up. I probably didn't see it when I was in high school or second grade either. You learn to appreciate what you have and what's around you. So coming back to Kankakee County after being gone for 20 years, and how did you get into economic development? Because I know you studied, I don't know if we, we might've talked about this off mic, you studied journalism and you did, or some broadcast journalism. So you do have some experience in that area as well. I do, you know, and when I was in high school, I worked for the Herald newspaper way back as a, a proofreader. That was one of my first jobs. Miss the Herald. Um, yeah. Uh, back in those days. <laughs> right. Yeah. It was a weekly, you know, yes. weekly paper twice yeah. a week. And that really kind of always enjoyed the journalism side of things. And that kind of set me off on that foot. But working at the Herald, it kind of gave me, gave me the bug about learning about where we're living, learning the different sports that were going on, learning the different businesses that were coming and going, the different organizations and that sort of thing. And now looking back and fast forwarding to where I am at now, it's almost like a continuation of that because of what I do is so much ingrained in everything that our community is kind of all wrapped up. Um, and that's essentially what a newspaper is. You know, it's our community kind of wrapped up and put together nicely. Just different life experiences. Started working at the chamber and that kind of opened the door for this position and worked into it. And now I realize this is the best job in the world. Every day I go to work and I get to sell our community, essentially, and help our businesses and 
make it a better place to live and to work and to play. And that just goes so much further because I have kids here now. And I am doing this now for their future also. I know their friends and I'm doing it for their future or helping their parents, maybe not directly, but indirectly with their employers and our community as a whole. So it's it's kind of like this awesome experience. Yeah, instead of selling the town stories and things to the newspaper, you're turning around and, and selling all those things you know about the area to those bigger businesses trying to get them to to come down to the county, right? Yeah, businesses and not just trying to get attract more industry and more businesses and but also trying to get all of the different aspects of economic development working together. Because there's really I know when we had uh, met a few weeks ago, you said, what is economic yeah, development? And I definitely want to get into that here too, because I wanted to kind of make this an episode where And even for myself, because I don't even know if I am understanding it correctly or if there, I'm sure there's some things I don't just understand in general. And I know I'm not the only one. Some people hear economic development and they get kind of flustered and they're like, oh, that sounds big. I don't know if I can handle, yeah, handle the, uh, the information that comes with that. So then it just goes whoop right over your head. And then you don't, you don't really take the time to get to know it because you don't exactly understand it. For sure. And I think, you know, with economic development, you asked me, what is it? And I would say, what isn't it? So for us, it's our educational institutions. We have Olivet, we have KCC, we have the Career Center, we have our high schools, our elementary schools. We have our employers, the big ones that are employing hundreds or thousands of people in town to the small ones who have two or three. We have our employers. We have our different community organizations, and there is an organization for almost anything you can think of. We have all of our industries for our employers, manufacturing. We have healthcare, transportation, distribution, logistics. That's really big. The biopharmaceuticals. And then we have our workforce, which is the people who are working every day, going to work for these jobs. That is what economic development is. It's taking all of those things, our employers, our educational partners, our organizations, our workforce, our different industries, and seeing how they can all fit together or work together, partner together to achieve their common goal, which is really to be successful and to make our area somewhere where you do want to stay to live, where you do want to work, where you do want to raise your family and how we can do that cost-effectively, economically. We have a great cost of living here. It means 85% on average. That means... 85%. Is our cost of living. So on average, if you take $100, and it's going to cost you, in, in the average town in America, it's going to cost you $100 to buy a new TV. Here, it's going to cost you 85. Okay. I get it now. In like Manhattan, New York, it's like 237. It's crazy expensive. Some people might say, oh, that's, it's cheap to live there. It's a a cheap community. I think of it as a parent with three growing, robust children that, you know, like, yeah, right. Exactly. Like my dollar is going that much further. 
And that's part of economic development, making sure we have the right housing that if we have a large employer who's going to be bringing on a few hundred people, that we have somewhere where they can live. We want them to live here. We want them to spend their paychecks here. That's going to help you with your job. That's going to help your aunt with her job and in her position. That's going to help your your best friend's company and keep growing our area, not necessarily in size, but in our opportunities here. I think that just really opened my mind, and I hope it did the same for whoever is listening to this. Because often I think of economic development in the past, and I think a lot of others too, the first thing they think of is kind of what I mentioned earlier. You're pitching to these big companies or whatever to come and and build here or have an office here or uh, try to get a store to come here or whatever. And like, that's economic development, but actually it's so much more than that. It's literally everything that's here working together for the common good. Yes, for sure. And I, I mean, for sure, some of it is, you know, like if we can get a high paying employer to come, that's great. You know, that's, more opportunity for our residents. But that's just a piece of it, really. We're looking at new industries that could be coming into the area, and that's new opportunities. KCC and Olivet are really great in the Career Center about training our high school students into jobs that our employers need to be filled. And those are like lifelong skills. So it's really about the partnerships and how we can help foster those partnerships for the greater good. Yeah, because if we, if our schools don't have what they need to fill the gaps in the community, as far as jobs go or careers, then that doesn't do much for the economy, does it? (laughs) Right, right. And that's one of the things that our office is also working on now is we go and speak with high school students and their classes about just what is Kankakee County, right? You drive by that building a couple times a day. Maybe your parents even work there and you have no idea what's happening in there. Did you know like Crown Cork and Seal makes 6 billion cans a year? I had no idea. Um, It's amazing. That's a lot. (laughs) You know, if you go to the grocery store and are buying soda or beer of some sort, the can was probably made here in town. So we try to educate the high school students like, you know, it's not just hurry up and graduate and get out of town. And maybe you want to go to on to higher education or maybe you don't. You don't necessarily have to because there's still opportunities here. That's a big sell right now, too. There seems to be kind of a shift in how the younger generation is seeing their future. And so getting into some of our manufacturing positions you know, the average salary for a manufacturing position is over $90,000 a year. So In if, the county? In or, our county. Wow. In Kankakee County. Yeah. And granted, that's, that's average the- from, a, from the management, all, you know, down to a new employee. But what I'm saying is there's opportunity there. And a lot of our manufacturers are willing to train. You know, you come in, we'll train you. We'll move you up. They want to move you up. They want you to be invested in their company. And they're willing to invest in you. So the school degree is great on a lot of levels. And if that's not the right path, we talk with the high school students. There's other paths and other opportunities and ways that you can be a contributing member to society. 
And then the other thing is too, I mean, almost all of us go through this. It's you're 17, 18, 19 years old, you're graduating high school, and you're not really sure what you want to do. Or it's the opposite. You think you know what you want to do, then you go try and do that thing. Then you're like, eh, it didn't, didn't really work out. And sometimes that, you know, that happens a lot. Right. So it's, to me, it would kind of give someone a little more peace of mind if they know that they can actually make a living at a, a manufacturing job or any type of other trade job first before, you know, and maybe they end up loving that. I, I right. Mean, well, I think, too, one thing that's, you know, just really a big kudos to our employers, especially in the in manufacturing, but also in healthcare and in our different industries, is that they've really adapted to technology. So it's not necessarily just going to, quote, work in a factory like maybe you thought it used to be or maybe your parents thought it was. Now you're running, you know, multi-million dollar machines on an iPad. And so that technology side comes into it. And that's attractive for, for some students also. So there's just so many opportunities. And it's just really exploring that, taking some time to look at what's here you know, maybe you want to move away and, and try it out out there for a while, but don't don't check off Kankakee County the, off the list, you know, too soon because there's a lot of opportunity here. So you mentioned Cork and Seal, just talking about what they do. What are some other things that you mentioned to people to try that you mentioned to people to try and get them to stay with some other places or things or opportunities? What, what do you pitch to them? One of, one of the fun things to do, I had a um, friend in town recently and we were at the grocery store and I said, let's go down the frozen food aisle real quick. You know, I just want to grab a frozen pizza. And I said, here, let's try, let's try this urban farmer. I've had it plenty of times. And we took it home and we made the pizza and, and you know, they were like, wow, this is really, really good. And then I turned it around and showed him the box and it, and it says, you know, Mantino, Illinois. And then I pulled out my phone and showed him the pictures when we were recently touring. And it was like, oh, that's that's really made here. That's made here. Another time, you know, we drive, we were driving, the kids and I were driving through Mantino and rice baking. I don't know if you know this. Oh, yes. <laughs> but But they make all of the chocolate brownies for Panera. And they also make the blueberry muffins and muffins for McDonald's, Costco, Sam's Club, Walmart. And so if you drive in on a certain day, you can tell what time or what day is the brownie day because you just have to you know, smell outside and there's chocolate in the air. If I haven't complained about them on the podcast, I'm about to do it. Mike, only complaint is that it smells too good because it does. my parents' house is not that far from there. <laughs> so when I'm there visiting sometimes or when I used to live there and I catch a whiff of that, I just... I have the worst sweet tooth in the world. So yeah. I instantly am like, oh, that smells so good. And I've had those chocolate brownies. Yes. They're so good. They're like the chocolatiest. And they're big. Chocolate. They're huge. <laughs> they're ginormous. So that's my only complaint about your only complaint. <laughs> my which only is not complaint. A bad thing, no, right? it's just it just smells smells too good. But I didn't realize they were tied into that many different places. That's yeah, a, that's and, incredible. And around the region. I think the muffins go out across the U.S., which is really neat. And it's like, wow, that's done here. 
we recently went on a tour of enterprise coded products and I'm like, I, I don't know what that is. Yeah, you where know? is that? Also in, in the Mantino area, oh, it is. in diverse okay. tech area. And they make medical release paper. And I said, I still don't know what that is. Um, and he said, you take a Band-Aid and you open it up and you peel the pieces off to expose the sticky side and you throw it away. That's the medical release paper. And that's what they do there for hospital and um, medical um, bandages and paper and that sort of thing. So I think there's just so many neat things that are made here. And that's a big sell to our area. It's really neat to be able to go pick up a Plockman mustard and turn it around. Be like, oh, yeah, I've been there. I drive by there. It's Johnsonville Moments Packing in Moments. I mean, that's. They make so many sausages there. I, it's crazy. And it's right here. You know, that's really cool. That puts us on the map. And I think most people don't realize that. Most people I grew up with don't realize it. Their parents don't realize it. You know, they're in their 70s. Well, that's the thing is that so many people are still focused on what used to be here as far right. as manufacturing goes. But they don't realize there's actually been a lot of manufacturers that have replaced those oh, that yeah. used to that used to be here. They they there's there's new manufacturing that has come in since then to make kind of make up for for that loss. For sure. And I think, you know, right now, this is a great place for us to be in the sense of, you know, during the pandemic, a lot of the industries really were hurt tourism was hurt, the food industry, you know, fast food, that sort of thing, retail, a lot of it shifted to online. Our manufacturers and healthcare expanded. And that, I mean, they're an essential industry. What they create and produce is not going to go away. There is a desperate need for whatever they're making, whether it is the release paper, whether it's, you know, some kind of uh, freeze-dried food, whether it's the snow plows that Arctic snow makes, there's a need for these things and that's not going away. It's only getting bigger. That to me is job security. Anybody working at, at one of our local employers, there's security there. Our area is growing. There's a need for more workers here. And if you're already working, thank you. <laughs> our employers, thank you. Yes. But there's security here. And I think that's really important. So from your research and your professional opinion, just with kind of, you kind of have the inside look on the economic development in the county since you work for the Economic Alliance of Kankakee County, what, what are the things that are in demand or what are the things that we need more of? Um, employees. <laughs> yeah, that's been, we, that's the truth. I, I talked to a, a business owner just the other day and he was like, yeah, you can come on by at that time, but don't come between these times because we're like really short staffed. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And know. I think so many industries are seeing that right now, yes. for sure. Literally every, almost yeah. every single one. And that's the double-edged sword for, for growing and expanding. You know, our employers are, they're getting hit with such demand and they can't keep their workforce working, you know, in stock enough. I think we need to change the mentality of some of the the people who ended up taking time off after COVID and not coming back to work. And for, you know, for several different reasons, 
but now, you know, this is kind of our new normal now. This is the way things are. You know, it's not, oh, we blame it on the pandemic. We blame it on the pandemic. We can blame it on the pandemic, but this is our reality. So we need to be able to move forward. Let's look ahead. Let's see how we can get back on track, get back to work and start really stepping up to help our employers who have really been there. They're growing, they're increasing their their wages, their benefits packages, their incentives. They need you, you know, to support them. They're supporting you. So I think that's one of the big needs here is our employees. We need more employees. Um, one of the things that we are also working on in our office is housing and what that yes. looks like. I know we talked about that. We, we, yeah, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago when we saw each other because I had just learned the there there's going to be a study was approved right. to to happen a housing study. So yeah, let's let's talk about that housing study. Yeah, you know we work closely with the Kinky Iroquois Ford Association of Realtors um, and different realtors. We have a few realtors that sit on our board, and something that we've kept hearing is there's housing market's hot, housing market's hot. We've known that. I bought my house in November of 2020, right? It, you know what's up. I know yeah. it's hot, right? Yeah, it's yeah. like a, a dog fight just to, to, I just, just give me the house. Absolutely. So we've been hearing it um, and we've been hearing it from employees that we talk to at some of the places where we visit. Oh yeah, I, I work here, but I live up North. Um, I couldn't find, you know, what I was looking for. And that that range of what they're looking for is really pretty broad. I mean, anywhere from a younger employee looking for, you know, a two bedroom apartment or a townhouse because they don't want to do a lot of the yard maintenance or, you know, the lawn maintenance all the way up to five hundred thousand dollar homes in a gated community. There's just certain needs that we're not we have gaps there that we need to fill. So we went ahead and were approved for some funding from Kinky County from the ARPA funds to go ahead with this study. And basically, um, this company comes in and they've done some work in Kankakee City before. So they're kind of familiar with our area. And they will be looking at a lot of different data, talking with a lot of different county players and understanding is there a need? Can we support? What can we support as far as housing? Do we need? additional apartments, townhouses, single family, four bedroom, two bathhouses, what exactly we need. And then the point of that is to kind of justify what we've been hearing. Are we just hearing it from people, you know, who are kind of in the industry or is there really a need for this? And then we can start talking with builders if there is a need for it. It's not us just saying it. Here's some justification to what we're saying and and what we're looking for, really. Yeah, you got to have some proof to back up what you're saying. Right. You can't just say, I, I think that's what we were talking about. You can't just say it because they're going to be like, well, how do you know that? Well, yeah. I just, just trust know. Me. Yeah, just trust <laughs> me. It's like, okay, yeah, because that's worked before for me. Yeah. Um, well, so with the study, they're specifically going to some of the biggest employers in the county, right? Is that how that's working to do these studies? Yeah, we're just getting into the study. So we've just started working out. They're doing some internal research right now. But they'll be speaking with employers. They'll be speaking with realtors. They'll be speaking with the different municipalities, just different segments in our area to really get a feel. If we don't need a new subdivision of 400 houses. We don't want to try to find a builder to do that for us because we want to be able to really fill those. 
part of it, like I said, is that, you know, we speak with employees at these different businesses and they're living up north or they're living um, in Indiana. They commute into work and that's great, but we want them to live here. We want them to experience Kankakee County. I'm not saying that we're going to have 50,000 new people moving (laughs) to the area in the next year or two. But the people who are already working here, we want them to invest in our area and really feel like they are part of our community. So what are some of those amenities besides housing that those outside people seem to want? Man, we've heard it all, right? Sure. You know, I mean, how often do you hear, when are we going to get that Portillo's? Yes. <laughs> That's what I keep saying. And I love to tease people about it so badly. You know, yeah, like, yeah I keep wanting the Portillo's. I mean, we get phone calls in the office about a Portillo's or Mariano's, you oh, know, yeah. is popular. Um, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, can we right. support another grocery store? Well, and that's the thing. I mean, especially some of these larger chains, yeah. you know, if you will, they have it down to a science. They really take kind of the emotion out of it on where they're going and when they're going to locate next. They just look at the data. There's 50 million people that drive by that intersection every day. Yes, we can do it. Or no, we can't. I know certain grocery stores really look at the population of the town that they're going to be in and then also like the proximity of what other stores in their area. So as much as I would love to be able to go knock on Portillo's door and say, hey, I've got a great spot for you and I can give you 200 people who will be there every week, it just doesn't operate that way. That's not to say that Some of our door knocking does work, different hotels looking at coming to the area. But again, it's based on kind of numbers. They know there's a need. They know what they need to be successful. And so when they start looking at our area, it's really us selling it like, hey, we've got these great incentives that will help. We can do this. We can help you with that. We can connect you with the utilities And our utility partners are fantastic to work with and really willing to work with anybody looking to come, whether to a hotel or a restaurant or, or, you know, a large manufacturer. So it's things like that. You know, we hear, like I said, the Portillo's and the Mariano's is popular. Some of the housing needs. I think everybody's requests is always a little, why can't we have more, more what, you know, insert 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 something into the blank, you know. Now, I'm going to insert this, and I'm sure I'm not the (laughs) first. What do you want? (laughs) Yeah, well, I'm just thinking of what could actually work in present day. You know, the farmer's market, it's a huge thing, right? I feel like we need something like that that can happen all year round. Sure. So, like, I'm seeing uh, more of those in different towns in the Midwest where they'll have an indoor space that's like, Kind of like an open air market. It's like an, it's, yeah, it's like an open air market or a farmer's market, but it's indoors and it's all year round. So I don't know if, you know, there's enough things that, because obviously, you know, the sun doesn't shine every, you know, the temperatures aren't, isn't always 80 and, you know. Well, and and one thing, you know, in the conversations we have when it's like, hey, that would be really cool. Like it would be cool. How often do you think you would go there? Mm -hmm. Right. Then you get to the specific, yeah. You get down to the nitty gritty and it's like, okay, well you going maybe once a a month and then 
your neighbor's going maybe once a month. That doesn't, you know. Yeah. So it, it's things like that. At the same time, entrepreneurship is really big here, and we have so many people trying new things. And some of these things you don't know unless you try. So yeah, start it up and try it and see, because you might be surprised that you thought you were only going to go once a month and here you are every morning picking up, you know, fresh eggs and something for dinner. There's definitely that entrepreneur spirit in Kankakee County, which is that feeds to the the hometown feel also. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, definitely. So going back to the housing. So that housing study is currently going on. What are some other exciting things that are happening that you can actually disclose on a little bit? I know sometimes okay. you can't with, you know, <laughs> you can't always say, but I, I'm just really curious to know in your opinion, like what else you think needs to be done or helped with as far as economic development in, in the county? I think there's a few things and remind me to go back if I get too sidetracked because <laughs> sure. I like to do I, that. Yeah, I do too. You know, I think with, let's take I-57, for example, you know, we have exit 308, 312, 315, 318, 322. That's a lot of exits for a highway all in one community. 318 is, is new and brand new and developing um, some different things happening out there, which is exciting. We're also seeing some potential projects at 312 and 308. I think looking at things like that, when you're driving through, and it's hard because we're from here. So, you know, it's trying to look at an outsider's perspective. That's really like the gateways for our area. So really stepping those exits up, all of the exits along our highway. So there's that feel of like, hey, they have their stuff together. Kankakee County knows what they're doing. They've got this at 308. They've got this at 312. There's this at 315, 318, 322. So that would make sense on why they were, they kept fighting so hard to keep like Ricky Rockets, for example. Right. At, is that three, is that three? No, that's not three. 312. Thank you. Right on 17 Court Street there, off 57. You yeah. Know, and it's, it's nice to see the work, you know, get going there. And that's a big project. I think that that's going to help our area. You know, like I said, we that's such a nice corridor south of Chicago. We get a lot of traffic going from south of us up north into the city daily. So really working on our different exits, just because that's not the easiest thing to do, but it's very visual. And that's really important. Another thing that is very exciting and happening is our renewable energy industry. Solar and wind farms are getting permitted like crazy. You know, that's a long process, but we really see that industry growing. And what does that do for economic development? Does it really bring a lot of dollars in? It do you... it really does. It really helps our utilities, obviously, okay. um, you know, with, with ComEd. But it also, let's say you own land, okay. you know, here's kind of a good way to to break it down because I've learned a lot about these industries. You own farmland and, and you're ready to kind of just be done farming and a company will come and ask you if they can lease your land from you. So you say, okay, and they're going to put solar panels up at some point, but they're going to lease your land until they're ready. 
So they're paying you however much, you know, every month to lease your land. You can keep farming it. They're just paying you because they kind of have dibs on your land. They have the contract. When they're ready to start putting the panels in, then you're done farming it. And then they're paying you for, you know, essentially leasing your land. That kind of opens you up. You're getting a paycheck from them. It opens you up to either go farm other land or work somewhere else or do nothing, maybe retire. (laughs) Um, That's just kind of new dollars into our area. A lot of these projects, and there's a big one west of Kankakee um, and Iroquois counties, and it's a, a very large project. And that will require several hundred construction jobs. So that is important to our area. Is that a, a solar? or Solar and wind. It is solar and wind. Yeah. I feel like I hear more about solar lately than wind. Yes. And that will be probably our largest wind project for our area. Solar is a little bit, I don't want to say easier, but almost easier to construct and to get out there and together. The wind is, you know, obviously more massive. And I don't know if you've ever stood under one of those windmills before. I forget how tall they are. I was told before. I I don't know off the top of my head, but it is, it's extremely overwhelming. Yes, it is. But I I do know that the people that climb up those things to maintain them get paid very well. They do. (laughs) As they should. Right. And one thing with that is that some of our local companies are making the materials for the solar panels and the wind. Would that be like Nucor? Who would be making those? Um, Like CMC Rebar. They do a lot of, you know, the steel. I know some of the old windmills that are having to be switched out are getting recycled locally. So it's just bringing, you know, additional dollars in different ways. You know, not necessarily, you know, sometimes directly, but also very indirectly when these construction workers come in and they'll be hiring as many local as they can. But if they have to bring in other people, they'll be staying at the hotels. They'll be eating here. They'll be shopping at the grocery store. And you got to look at all those things. There's a lot of indirect benefits to things that we don't necessarily think about. Right. And also another reason why I've noticed that KCC is really beefed up more of their education in the manufacturing sector or in the trades sector because probably of projects like this, they need workers in the area for such projects like that. For, For sure. And I think, you know, I mean, they're a great example. And Dr. Boyd is a great example of really being a true partner. They are willing to... They hear a need from an an employer. We need someone who knows how to manufacture this or who can put this together or can can learn this electrical side of something. And KCC has been fantastic in formulating a curriculum that will help train those students so they can go right to work. Also, they work very closely with the Workforce Board in going into employers and and being able to train some of the employees that are, you know, on the site for whatever they may need. So, and that's, that's really the key of economic development. It's Mm -hmm. like that, you know, everybody can work together because that's what we need. Right. Yeah, exactly. Just, just another example. And I think this example, if you haven't caught on to this yet, you should have. Um, but how many, we've had so many guests so far on Kankakee podcasts that 
are students or they're, they're, I should say they're graduates of Olivet Nazarene University, and they're not e- even from this area. Yeah. They were born and raised elsewhere. They came to Olivet and then they ended up staying and now they're doing something incredible in Kankakee County. So that just goes to show you we wouldn't have those talented people without places like Olivet or even KCC. Right. You know, and I think our employers here have done a really good job of of wanting to keep people. Riverside and Ascension St. Mary really work on on training and getting in with the students at a young age, um, whether it's college level or even high school level. Hey, we want to show you what this program is about. The Career Center is great for that. You know, yeah, that's like, another great one. We start getting you into, you know, nursing or healthcare or, you know, cosmetology. And then, like you said, is also a good place to kind of weed out whether, oh, yeah, I, I really thought I wanted to be a nurse and now I can't even look at blood. <laughs> so <laughs> yes. that's not a good path. I'm glad I spent one <laughs> semester on that in high school and I can, you know, move on to different things. Yeah. You know, so I think, you know, our our employers are really tapping into our young workforce because that's just longevity too, right? You know, you start, you know, how many people do you know? They, oh, I started working at Riverside, you know, when I was 20 and I'm still there, you know, 45 years later or whatever. And that's a testament to our employers and where they, you know, how they're treating their employees and really appreciating them. Absolutely. So what is your job like on a day-to-day basis oh. as far as, you know? <laughs> it's fun. It is yeah. really fun. I would say it just depends on the day. So right now I'm working with um, our state partners. We have a few close contacts at the state level and working on a veterans initiative project that I can't really tell you too much about. I wonder if that's um, the one that I know a little bit about. I won't disclose okay. any information, but I wonder if it's the same one I know a little bit of something. Yeah. But obviously I'm not going to say anything. No, don't say anything. <laughs> so today it was a, um, some of that and connecting those partners and and trying to, to figure out how we can move forward and and you know, utilize some state resources to help locally and and what that looks like on the national level also. So is that when like some of these places or these these businesses or organizations approach you and they just ask you for information specifically? Or is it like, hey, do you know if we could get a tax break on this or? I get calls like that, like, hey, you're the person to call for money. (laughs) And I say, I Uh, wish I was. uh, I am not a bank. (laughs) If I had money, I might give it to you. Yeah, Um, that's funny. Yeah, we can connect a lot of a lot of different different people to where they need to go. So a lot of times it's like I don't know who to call for this. Um, We were at one employer and and they, you know, we were just taking a tour and kind of learning about what they do. We said, you know, is there anything you know that really making things difficult for you or your employees right now. And they said, yeah, actually, we need, can we have a bus stop near our location for the metro? That would really significantly help our employers or employees. And what had happened was they had called the office at the metro and and they're like, no, we can't do it. And I think it was just not connecting with the right person there. Mm, So we were able to connect them have a meeting. 
this is what what they're asking for. Is this doable? And if it, if it is great, and how do we make that happen? If it's not, that's okay too. But let's try to just at least have the conversation. Because if you don't have the conversation, you don't know. So we were able to get a bus stop and and that's what it was. It was just connecting the right people and they were able to get a bus stop and that helped, you know, some of their employees get to and from work. So things like that, you know, it's, hey, we need the right sign out here because that's not, we don't even have a sign for the certain road. So it's just connecting different partners like that. On the day-to-day Today, I'm, I'm working on our uh, project with Thrive Magazine with the Daily Journal. Um, so we partner with them and do a lot of work on that. So a lot of data gathering, a lot of uh, statistics and looking at some different key points that we want to focus on on the Thrive. So that was a big part of today. Like I said, we work closely with the state. We get emails probably every week or two about, hey, we have this company that is looking for this much land, we need this much water usage, or we'll have this much water usage, we need the, you know, these electrical demands. Do you have any properties like that? So we have a significant database and says, yeah, we being on the rail line is a popular one, being so close to the airport, being so close to the interstate. So if we have any properties that fit those needs, then we'll submit those. And it's, they're usually pretty extensive. The state is looking at all sorts of details so they can pass it to their, you know, the client who's inquiring. Yes. And I mean, obviously, if it's the whole state, then there's a lot of other places they're looking at. Right. But it's good to know that we're connected into that resource. Yeah. This might be something you can touch on. I'm hoping I'm right. I feel like there's a lot of resistance when it comes to the beautification of downtown areas and things like that. Okay. And how can you answer, how does beautification help economic development? I can touch on it maybe a yeah, little bit. Yeah. Um, I just, I feel like it would be great to get <laughs> an expert because I get, I hear so, so much people, like, oh, they're wasting our tax dollars on this beautification, you know. Sure. I'm sorry. I'm calling someone out. I I just have to do it because there is a good reason for it. There really is. I'm by no means an expert, but I can give you just an opinion from what I've seen. When years ago, when a group was in town for the Bears training camp and they had spent a few days here and were just kind of looking around at the area and touring around the area and they really enjoyed seeing Kankakee, downtown Kankakee, Schuyler Avenue, and things that are happening down there, and really saw a vision of, of what they, how they could contribute to downtown, and they really wanted to and want to invest their dollars here in downtown Kankakee. Had they gone down there and seen a... Uh, just dilapidated area. And it, it gives the impression that the city or the municipality doesn't care. And they didn't see that. They saw good work being done. They saw new things happening. They saw that the city and the, the city leaders in that situation really care for what's going on. And they're taking pride in their community. And when you have outside people coming in, or even local people, you see that Hey, they're really 
taking care of what they're doing and they really appreciate what they have and, and are really, you know, making sure that it's up to par, then we're willing to invest our money there. I don't know if you'll find anybody who has $200 million to give and wants to put it in somewhere where the local leaders aren't willing to to put the time and energy and love into put where they're at. Put their own money in. For sure. Or, you know, the people's, however you want to get into it. But I just, I always feel like it is super important that the town look as best as it can because otherwise you're not going to get those other potential businesses or business owners or manufacturers or developers. And then you're not going to get the visitors either. No one's going to want to go visit that. Do you like looking at your, your neighbor's very tall grass and a bunch of weeds? Right. You don't like looking at that, right? Well, and I, I think when you have investors, they don't want to lose money. No. Anybody who has money to put into something, they don't want to lose it. So, you know, if if they're they're going to be particular about where they want to put that. And if they feel like you care about your own money, then you're going to care about theirs also. And I think that's really important to take note. I know maybe sometimes it's like, oh, like, really, does that need painting or like we don't need to spend time or workforce or energy on that. But it's really the the appearance and the impression that it gives off. When we speak with some of our employers, we kind of go back and forth on like, why are you having a workforce issue? Or how come you're not? Like, what are you doing? Like, where you only have two job openings out of three or 400 employees. What are you doing? And really what it comes down to and what we've noticed is kind of a trend. It's the feeling that the employees have when they're there. Their morale is good. They feel appreciated. Maybe they're not getting paid the best in the industry but they feel like they're cared for. And I think it's the same thing with investors who want to put money into a certain community. They want to feel like it's going to make a difference. They want to make sure they're not going to lose it. And ideally, they'd like to make money too. And they they would be willing to do that if it's a good feeling. And really, it comes down to that. It's just like why all these employees are staying at certain employers. They feel good going to work. They feel like they're respected and cared for and appreciated. And so they're going to keep going to work every day. And that really makes a big difference. I think especially even now, it's more obvious post-COVID with all the changes that we've all been through. Absolutely. And it only takes one person. You know, it only takes one investor. And if you lose that one, it's like, oh, we missed out on that. Yeah. And and not all opportunities that present themselves are are the best for the area either. No, obviously. You know, and it's okay yeah. to be particular about certain things and what you're attracting and not attracting or yeah. wanting to, wanting to come here. This has been a lot of fun. I I know we could go on forever because economic development covers everything. Mm-hmm. And I think that has really opened my mind into th- looking at economic development a little differently. Is there anything else that you want people to know? about the economic alliance probably probably a website and all that stuff too but anything yeah. else besides that yeah. do you want me to give the website yes, you're gonna give all that yeah it's uh kankakee county ed so like economic org. 
like I said, you know, we've we've talked. I I could go on for for days. Yeah. I really could. My kids are funny. They're like, Mom, it's it's okay to not not be so excited about Kankakee County all the time, you know, because we we're, we sit at dinner and I tell them, you know, the cool things that are happening or you know different projects that come up or tours that we've been on, and and they get really into it too. I think. Part of what I want to encourage our listeners to do is to just open the conversation, start having the conversations um, like we're having in our in our office about what do we need or how can I help? And maybe I can't help, but, you know, maybe it's turning me on to something else and maybe in a different way it could help. Or maybe, you Um, know, someone. Maybe you know someone, maybe you know where I can go for that. And that's something that we do in our office. It's just having the conversation. It's important with the kids, with you know, my high schoolers. It's having the conversation. Some of their friends don't even know where their parents work or what they do. Talk to them, right? That, you know, and and I think it's it's kind of the norm where a lot of, you know, kids aren't aren't understanding that. I think it's opening the conversation and just taking taking time to look around and see. I think it's easy to say, oh, we don't have this. We don't have that. This is bad and that's wrong. And, you know, why can't we have, you know, why can't we? But looking at really what we have here, it's incredible. And there's so much opportunity for businesses, for entrepreneurs, for big business, for people looking to start a new career. I started a new career, you know, yes, when you I was did. way too late in life. Yeah. But well, it's never too late. Don't <laughs> say that. Don't there's say just that. so much opportunity. And I think it's really just having conversations with people where you'll start recognizing, hey, that's pretty cool here. You know, like we've got a lot going on. And I I am very passionate and excited about it. That's great. So where can people reach out to you specifically if they would like to? Because I know, I mean, it's pretty much, uh, we haven't even mentioned your CEO and president, Tim Nugent. Oh, um, but it's, it's Tim is, is wonderful. <laughs> uh, he's also the mayor of Mantino. So of course I like him because that's where yeah. I was born and raised. But it's pretty much just you and Tim for the most part. Um, we have uh, Ben Wilson works um, partially with us, and then he works partially with the transportation department um, okay. for Kankakee County. Oh, okay. And he does like different special projects and that sort of thing. So we are a small office, but that doesn't really deter, deter much. Oh, sure. Um, I'm just saying of as of other people that can be contacted. Yeah. At, so, at, so Tim or myself. Our phone number, 815-935-1177, or my email. You can always email me. It's A-M-O-R-R-E-Y at KinkakeeCountyED.org. Our website, like I said, KinkakeeCountyED.org has great resources on there. I mean, everything from, you know, different data and statistics to uh, different properties that are available, different spaces that are available here different factors when it comes to like our top employers, our educational institutions and numbers for graduates, that sort of thing. Um, There's kind of just like a wealth of knowledge there and resources, um, utility partners, that sort of thing. We are happy to help in any way we can, or at least have the conversation and figure out how we can connect you with maybe the right person. Yeah, because going back to entrepreneurship, maybe someone's got an idea, but they're not really sure if it would go over well, yeah. so maybe they're going to reach out to you 
and maybe you have the numbers or maybe you don't have the data they're looking for, but you know Sally over sure. there has that kind of data. So you say, oh, well, so-and-so can definitely answer and, and give you a little more insight on well, and and I think you need to have Tim on for a whole oh, his own he, several. I was going to say he's he's the data. <laughs> he guy, is. Right? I, mean, I mean, I I wish I could just pick his brain all right. the time. But we've met several times with businesses, new new businesses, and they come in and say, "I don't know if I'm doing this right. I want to start a business, or here's my idea." And we kind of try to steer them in the right direction. Here's a great place to create a business plan. Here are certain things that you need to consider. We've had one business bring us their financial outlook and we kind of, you know, take a hard look at it. And, And it's just advice. Tim's got a lot of years of business ownership experience. Um, And so, you know, we kind of look at it and be like, okay, this is from an outside perspective. This is what we've seen that that works or doesn't work or might need some tweaking or something just to think about um, when you're starting your endeavor, because we want people to be successful. And if we can help them with that and connect them with like small business association resources or resources at the state level, they always have different grants that are out, you know, so we can kind of aim people in the right direction if that's what they're looking for. Okay. that See, that's important to know because sometimes pe- and people can get kind of intimidated. So there's there's yeah. no reason to be intimidated at all. So no. And you're and, one of the nicest people I've ever met. So <laughs> oh, thank you. You know, there's there's no no intimidation there. Well, and there's no dumb questions that come to our office. You know, we have like I said, people call, hey, where can I get money? Hey, like, where's oh, that Portillo's? <laughs> yeah. Or or when is this coming here? Or can you help me with this? Or I don't even know where to rent a porta potty in town for my event. <laughs> yeah. Or who do I talk to about this permit? You know, mm-hmm. we get a lot of that and and I'm happy to help, you know, yeah. figure out how I can get you your answer. So Okay. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, Angela, this has been fun. If there's yeah. ever anything else or anything I can ever help you with. I appreciate you, that. Yeah. You let me know. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. We we appreciate the the partnership because that's what Absolutely. that's what it's all about. Yeah, of course. I hope uh someone learns something today. Me so. too. Because <laughs> I know I did. Yeah. Well, that concludes this episode of Kankakee Podcast. I'm Jake Lamore. Thank you so much for listening. Please share this podcast with a family member, friend, or neighbor that you think might enjoy learning new things about the people and places of Kankakee County. Also, a special thank you to our patrons for helping make this episode possible, including Karen Bishop, James Reardon, Jake Lee, Jesse Arsenal, Dave Barron, Daryl Damper, Samantha Rocknowski, Lake Iverson, Travis Garcia, Jane Bostwick, Don Harrison, Simon Topless, Scott Wright, Carrie O'Connell, Jamie Race, Joanne Barry, Anthony Vicelli, Eric Olson, Jeff and Rosa Carroll, Teague Dreenan, Sandy and Steve Twait, and Rose Lucky. To become a podcast patron, go to kankakeepodcast.com and then just click on the patron tab. If you pledge $5 or more per month, you'll also hear your name announced on an episode. There's also other rewards like early access to new episodes, unedited versions of episodes, even video versions of select episodes, podcast merch, discounts on special events, and so much more. Your monthly pledge is truly appreciated. Our monthly goal right now is to reach $400 per month. 
And right now we're about 37% away from reaching that goal. So please sign up for the patron program today at kankakeepodcast.com. Our theme song is by Lupe Carroll. Talk to you soon. This river can-